When I say you're about to bring baby home, what does this bring up for you? For me, it brings up things like how will I manage overnight feedings and lack of sleep, cleaning bottles and diapers, laundry, breast or bottle feeding. (laughs) It can all seem very intimidating and very scary as a first-time mom. How will we know what the baby needs? What if feedings don't come naturally? Should I have a system for sleep? This is just the tiny tip of the iceberg for the level of overwhelm that might be going through your mind right now. But what if I told you that there is a solution? A little magic fairy that could come into your home after you give birth and make life a little easier for you. Doing things like throwing in a load of laundry or soothing the baby and getting the baby back to sleep after you feed them at 3 a.m. Maybe showing you how to bathe your newborn, or prepping some breakfast for the next morning, or some light meals, and so much more. Welcome a postpartum doula. After going through postpartum with twins and a toddler at home, Valerie Trumbauer fully understood the level of overwhelm that can come with the start of motherhood. Now, as a postpartum doula, it is her passion to educate, support, and empower parents when they first bring their baby home. She's worked with hundreds of families to set up systems and routines that make the postpartum journey much smoother. In this episode, we'll cover what a postpartum doula does and doesn't do, how we can benefit from having one, and we are going to bust the myth that it's only reserved for the rich. There are other ways to get the support of a postpartum doula with limited funds, and Valerie will show us how. And by the end, we'll be able to decide if it's the right type of support we'd like, and it will empower you to let the opinions of others roll off your backs and give you confidence. You are listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting first-time mamas the guidance and community you need from mamas who've been there. I am your host, Jessica Lorian. However, I'm not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease delayed my journey into motherhood, so I made it my mission while I heal myself to learn with you all about motherhood so that together we can be as prepared as possible when we bring that newborn through those doors. Today, Valerie Trumbauer explains how the support of a postpartum doula will empower us against the unsolicited comments, recommendations, and advice that comes at us from friends and family. We'll gain confidence in knowing that we're doing the best that we can the way we want with our new baby and say goodbye to those little annoying comments. So what can a postpartum doula do for you? Find out now on this episode of Mamas in Training. I would tell people that I was going to breastfeed twins. People's reaction was just like, well, good luck with that. And just this thought of like, (laughs) that I was saying that I was going to do this impossible task. So it was challenging. And there's a lot of raw challenges with that. But then when I got to the other side of that, I thought about it and was like, if my personality wasn't what it is, and I wasn't like, well, screw you people, I'm doing this thing that I totally know is possible. If instead, I was like, well, gosh, is it possible? Or it does sound really hard. 
I would have missed out on this experience that was a positive one. I, I mean, when you're pregnant in general, people generally have this, they feel like they can like open up and just tell you whatever, the filter is gone. So, yeah. you know, just even that, when I would tell people that I was having twins, it was like, oh my gosh, like it was the, like, like I had gotten this horrible sentence or something. Yeah. And it was a friend, <laughs> one of my good friend's sisters had twins that were like, three years old at the time that I found out. And she was the first person who was like, people are probably saying negative things to you. And I just want to tell you, this is going to be so much fun. And I was like, gosh, and now I do that for people all the time because it's like, listen, you're probably hearing this. And it is like, it's such a fun adventure. And my personality is just that even when people were saying those negative things, like, it's not like, oh gosh, I don't know. Is this going to be awful? Like, I was like, all right, buddy. Like, I could care less. Like, yeah. really what you're thinking. I'm up for the challenge. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's funny, like saying I'm up for the challenge. Like, I do joke that I feel like, not that one child was like super easy for me, but I feel like God was like, here, what do you think of this? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that you, exactly. you did that okay. How do you think of this? And twins are a doozy for sure. So people pretty early on, you know, if I were, were to say that I was planning to breastfeed, felt like it wasn't possible. I had a pediatrician who would say things like, well, since you're breastfeeding two babies, they're probably not getting enough milk. And it mm. I felt like I was in a situation where I was educating him saying like, I could breastfeed my town if I wanted to. Do you understand this is supply <laughs> and demand? So when you can kind of flip the switch a little bit and take that, like, instead of taking that, you know, that comment from a stranger or whatever, and being like, oh, that was so negative. It's like, no, actually, I, I probably can. And here's why. And it's supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And and so once I learned, it, I think it pushed me to learn more about uh, what I was doing, you know, as far as was it possible? And but I also found that there wasn't a lot of resources out there. You look at a breastfeeding book, and maybe the last eight pages will be about breastfeeding twins. And you're like, really, this is it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So there wasn't a lot of information out there. So it was after having that experience, and having all of those challenges that then I was like, gosh, I want to help people who are in a similar situation. And if you're pregnant with twins, and it's your first babies, you don't have the knowledge that I had from breastfeeding a baby for a year. And just everything you learn in that process, it makes it even more challenging. So it was kind of that which led me into like a volunteer lactation position and then into being a postpartum doula and then later a lactation counselor. Now, of course, we can navigate the conversation or the comments or the unsolicited opinions of strangers. But when it comes into our family, I feel like it can get a little bit more personal, especially with people that maybe we are looking up to. And we think whether it's our mom or our mother-in-law or people who are really close to us and we admire the way that they became moms and the process they went through. So how do we navigate those conversations? For sure. And I think there's always, like for me, I found that there was differing opinions just if you were sitting around a table at, you know, a picnic or a family event or something, there's different opinions there. And it's that way through all through all stages Motherhood. of parenthood, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and as I speak to new families and expecting families and people who are preparing to adopt, it's a conversation that I have a lot, understanding that you are going to do this a different way than your best friend, even somebody who you're like, we're the same. There's going to be something that you do where you're like, I chose to do this and she chose to do that. And just mm -hmm. recognizing. And, you know, I think I tell my kids this all the time. Well, my oldest child, like very often, will do something and I'm like, 
we don't really know what we're doing. Like we're guessing and you're the oldest. And so <laughs> none of us, like, here's a spoiler alert. Like as kids, I feel like you thought the grownups knew what they were doing. Like mm-hmm. we're guessing. And so mm-hmm. we're going to find out, you know, late down the line. So I think it's the same as you're navigating things like deciding to breastfeed or what's your parenting strategy or where's your baby sleeping and all of those things that people are so opinionated it's on it's like you do your research and you do what you think is best for you but we're all doing what we think is best and so that's yeah. what I tell myself and that's what I tell the families that I work with do you think that the families that you work with giving them the confidence of having a postpartum doula the support that they're going to need do you think that gives them the armor to navigate these conversations and navigate these opinions that might come toward them Oh, for sure. And it can be a family conversation or it can be a conversation like what happens if you disagree with your pediatrician? That statement right. to a first time parent is like, well, I don't know. Like, would I disagree with my pediatrician? Like, yeah, because you're two people and that person's going to say this. And there might be a time where you don't agree with what they're just, you know, what they're saying. And here's how you can present the information you have or here's how you could come at it. And just giving people words to to try to get their point across or, you know, okay, my mother-in-law is saying this, is she right? Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you feel? You know, and people will sometimes like as a doula, people will say, oh, well, what did you do? Or how did you, it doesn't really matter what I did. Just like, it doesn't matter what your mother-in-law did or what your best friend's doing. Like, what do you feel like is best for your family? And what resources can I give you that will help you to make the decision that's best for you? As a postpartum doula, I have often have interactions with grandparents. And so sometimes that can be, you know, sometimes it's like, what are they even hiring this person for? What is it you do? Mm-hmm. Or um, they might have a feeling about like, oh, she's she thinks she wants to nurse, but look at him, he's crying all the time and he he's obviously hungry. And so a lot of my job then becomes this person who's like, here, my main goal is to support this new family. And if that often means educating, you know, like, well, he's actually crying for other reasons. And this is how he communicates and blah, 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 blah. You know, even though I mean, not that the grandmother didn't have kids, but sometimes, you know, so yeah, that's also what I do, the opinions of others, and then just helping to make life easier, whatever that looks like for that new family. And sometimes it is like, getting grandma over there doing another job. Exactly. I have different resources for grandparents to be like, I have a video on YouTube. And one thing that I say in there is like, the reality is it's not your baby, grandma and grandpa, like, yes, be a, be a great support person, but it all comes down to they get to decide. So if it's not something that's life threatening, like a lot of times it has to do with temperature with grandparents. It's like that baby is too hot or that baby's too cold. Like, sorry, you just got to close your mouth. Like chances are the baby's okay. And it, and it sounds better coming from me than coming. Like I tell that to all of the families I work with. I'm like, here, send people to this video. I'll, you know, everything yes. from like babies don't sleep on their belly anymore. And we're not putting cereal in bottles. And But also it's their baby and they get to make the choices. And we're all guessing. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's a perfect tool. And I'll link that video in the show notes for sure. So going back to basics a little bit, because a lot of people, especially if they've heard this podcast, we've covered what a doula is during birth and how a doula can help and support you. But a postpartum doula, I think, is a little bit foreign to a lot of people still. So what actually is the job of a postpartum doula? How are you supporting families and new families? Okay, so yeah, so there are two types of doulas. And 
don't feel bad if you don't know. I didn't know until I was pretty close to becoming a doula, the birth doula, which you said people are familiar with, someone who's in the room, either birth center or the labor room or wherever. Um, but then as a postpartum doula, I work in the homes of new families. So very often I start working with a family the first or second night after they brought the baby home. So um, helping with the transition from whether this is your first baby, whether you're having multiples, whatever the case might be, that transitional time can be challenging. And if mom's breastfeeding, then that can have its own challenges. So just doing it can help things to go more smoothly. And so it can be from, you know, light meal prep to, you know, like, okay, when I get there, I only work overnight. So about 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So when I get there tonight, like you can leave the recipe or text me if you want me to like put a crock pot meal together. I always say to the new parents, like, what would make you wake up in the morning and be like, yes, I've got today. Like, is mm. it like overnight oats? <laughs> you know, is it that <laughs> yeah. you feel like, you just suck at life because this cantaloupe is rotting on your counter, <laughs> then I'll cut the cantaloupe. Yeah. Or it's always baby laundry. Like it's um, not always, but very often it's like, just like mm -hmm. that pile up. I can throw that in the washer and the dryer in the night. And I will just kind of look around and see how I can help better situations where, you know, if I see it's like, okay, they have all, a lot of changing supplies over here, but then they always run over here to get this. In the night, I'm like changing things around and making a little changing station or getting the bottles mm. set up or whatever. So Just... kind of setting up systems. Oh, yeah. In putting systems in place to make the whole day and then night in the future run a little more smoothly. Oh, for sure. Because you're going through this for the first or maybe second time. And here I've lived this on constant repeat for years and years. So at this point, it's like, okay, here I found that it helps to, you know, whatever, have this right here or just little yeah. tips and tricks that can be helpful to new families. And then also working through where the challenges are and the relationship that people have with their postpartum doula is so important. Like if you think you want to hire a postpartum doula, your very first step is like reaching out and finding out if that person has the availability. Okay. So let's say you contact me and it's like, I'm due in November and I live here and I think I want this many nights. Okay, I have that availability. The next thing is that we would meet in person because it is such a sensitive time for you. And mm -hmm. so it has to be a connection that feels good for both of us and that you feel comfortable because people, all new moms always cry <laughs> when I'm there. They're always like, oh, I'm so sorry I'm crying. I'm like, everyone cries. It's okay. But you need to feel comfortable in opening up in that way and in mm -hmm. talking. And I always say like, what feels heavy right now? And sometimes it's just like, you know, you have a two-year-old and you used to always do the bedtime routine and now you never see, you know, whatever. And it kind of spirals and it's like, okay, let's look at that. So what would you need to do to be able to do the bedtime routine? Do you need to do the whole thing or do you want to just go in and read the book and then leave, you know, and really these right. things that feel so big and so heavy because your body is recovering from this huge accomplishment. If you carried the baby, or even if you didn't, there's all of these emotions involved and you're, you're surviving on less sleep than you're used to. And all of these things make these, make everything feel so heavy. And it's like, no, let me just come alongside you and kind of clear the way and help you figure things out. So that's yeah. as a doula, what I work to do. Now, what do postpartum doulas not do? Postpartum doulas do not do like deep cleaning. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. like here I'm scrubbing your bathroom while you're asleep. Um, 
And I think it kind of depends on the person. It depends on the situation. There might be something that I might do once that I'm like, "Mm, this isn't something I do, but here, I'm just going to like keep things rolling along smoothly. And then if it kept coming up, it's like, here, this this kind of falls outside of the scope of something I would usually do. Let's think of, I can give you these resources or whatever the case. And everybody's different. Like for me, I like to help families early on in the first eight to 10 weeks and help you get systems in place. Now, if after that you're looking for support where you're like, you know what, we're looking for support until six months, you just kind of have to be open with your doula about what you're looking for and they'll let you know. Each situation is so unique. And so by having that open relationship where you're able to say like, hey, this is how I'm feeling or this is what I'm looking to have done. You know, your doula should be someone who says, okay, that's something I do or here, let me me give you this name of someone who does that. And that's interesting, too, because I've always thought that postpartum doulas would come in and be with you the whole week. Like they're coming in every single night. They're doing all. But is that not necessarily the case? No. Oh, no, it's not the case at all. And I always ask people up front, like, what's your budget? And that's where, I mean, I, you know, we're always like, oh, money, we're not going to talk about money, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, if you're like, I don't, you know, I have $1,500, that's all I can spend on doula support. I'll help you figure out how to spend that so that you, like, it wouldn't be, you're going to use all that money in the first week. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go about it that way. It would be like, let's stretch Mm -hmm. this out. I try not to let anybody run out of money by three weeks. Three weeks can be a challenging time with life with a newborn. So it's like, okay, how about if I come once a week for the first three weeks or something like that? Mm. Um, And there's people who I've worked with, you know, five nights a week for eight weeks. And then there's people who I've worked with once or twice and that's it. And that's okay because Mm. it might be because a lot of times it's based on, financials. But there's a group of girlfriends who lives close by to me. And they have given my services as a doula as a baby shower gift to all of their girlfriends. So as each of them has a baby, and a lot of times it's a second or third baby. And you're like, what do we Mm -hmm. get instead of everybody buys like a $30 gift, they all go together and and give one night of doula support. And so that is like, in those cases, I just work for that person. Or it, the first time it was just one afternoon. And so I might just work for that person one time. And that's it. Mm. It's different with each family. That's such a great idea. And you mentioned that you do overnights, but not all doulas have to come as a postpartum doula overnight, right? It can be daytime, right. whenever you need. Right. And it all depends on your situation. Like I only do overnights because that's what works for my family. And that works for a lot of the families I work with because you're looking for that stretch of sleep. But a lot of people's thought is if I'm breastfeeding, I probably shouldn't even bother having an overnight doula because I have to get up to nurse anyway. Right. Right. It's like, no, absolutely. You still want to have a a doula because first of all, everybody's not a lactation counselor or lactation consultant, but there should be some lactation education there so that they're helping get things off to a good start. But then also, you know, when you're nursing the baby and it's like, oh my gosh, I can tell he's pooping right now. And now he has the hiccups and I have to change him and re-swaddle and do this and do that. It's like, you know, the moms I work with early on, it's like, I'm right there watching to make sure everything's going well. But after we're into a good groove, I'll go in, hand her the baby. She'll sit in there, nurse texts me when he's done. And I walk in and like swoop away with this baby who Mm. needs a diaper change, has the hiccups, 
is going to take some soothing to get back down. And so they're definitely still, yeah. And then you roll over and then I come back in and tap you on the shoulder when it's time to nurse the baby again. And it it definitely is beneficial, but there are people, Mm. new parents who benefit more from having a postpartum doula during the day. Like if you're looking for someone to show you all of those soothing techniques or to show you what would you do in this situation, you're going to benefit from being awake the whole time that the doula is there. There's many doulas who don't do overnights at all. It kind of is a drag sometimes to be awake all night, but you can kind of find whatever you're looking for out there probably. Now I'm going to say something that I think a lot of people will probably be thinking, which isn't this a luxury to me and to many people, I'm sure it seems like what a luxury right? and how do we even have the finances? Why would we spend the money on this? I mean, of course it sounds amazing, but it sounds like it's only for the rich and royalty. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that, I mean, definitely you're paying someone to be awake in your living room while you're sleeping. Like there is, it's everybody's financial situation is different, but people are really creative in, you know, your mother-in-law wants to get you a gift or your girlfriends want to get you something. It's like, here, would you want to contribute? I'm putting together, you know, a little fun so I can have a postpartum doula. So if financials are top of mind, which trust me, I totally get it. I never would have been able to to do that early on either, but you're not the five nights a week for eight weeks person, but you might be the like, okay, we're going to do, you know, one night a week for the first four weeks. And that way you have that mm. check-in with someone. And usually when I get there, one of the first things that happens is like one of the parents opens the phone and they have questions and it's like, look, his head's flaking. Is that normal? Hey, this happened yesterday. Is there anything we can do when this happens? And just having Mm -hmm. that person to run all of that by. And then for me to have the night where it's like, oh, I noticed he's doing this. Has he been doing this? This is what I did to make that easier or whatever. Just kind of that little check-in once a week can be really powerful. So technically this is for everybody. And maybe it should be something that's at the top of our list that instead of asking for certain play sets or this and that, we kind of put ourselves and our education first in getting the support. Would you say so? I would say that you know yourself best. And so, I mean, I think everybody's different. And I think Mm -hmm. the benefit you like, there are people, the one family in that group of girlfriends who um, buy each other my support overnight. Yeah. I got to someone's house and I was like, okay, so, you know, now you guys get to go up to bed. And, and they were just kind of standing there and I was like, do you feel like it's really weird to like leave your baby in your living room with yeah. the sort of straight? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I totally get it. And like, let's mm-hmm. talk through it. And if you'd rather bring the baby upstairs and have me come get him, that would be totally fine too. And we just talked through it and then it came down in the morning and we're like, that's the most fabulous thing. How does everybody not know about this? And it's like, I know, right? Um, Yeah. yeah. And I had an experience where one time I was going to work in the daytime and we had had like a scheduling, the new mom had thought we had picked next Wednesday. And so I come on that Wednesday and hear her mother-in-law's there. So she's like, oh, well, my mother-in-law's here and I didn't clean my house. I'm like, well, first of all, you should never clean your house because your doula's coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, secondly, like, it's fine. You go upstairs, take a shower, take a nap. I'm going to give the baby a bath and I'm going to like load the dishwasher. And so you could tell in the beginning, the mother-in-law was kind of like very, um, like resistant to the idea of she was like mm-hmm. wait what do you do is that's like your 
is this your job? And so I'm talking to her as I'm doing this thing. And it's like, I have been doing this for a long time. I'm like wearing the baby and zooming around and loading the dishwasher. And I give the baby a bath. And by the end of it, she was like, do they have these by me? Because my best friend's daughter's pregnant. And I feel like this would be the greatest (laughs) gift. And I was like, yep, they do. You want me to help you find like someone? So it's like, I converted that woman in like two and a half hours. She's like, wait, this is the greatest thing. I'm like, I know, right? Well, in in thinking about that, I could imagine, especially that someone like mother-in-law or your own mother might say something like, shouldn't you learn how to do this on your own? Or don't you know best? Or, you know, going back to those unsolicited opinions or those thoughts that we have to navigate with our family and friends. So how, like, what would you recommend saying to people that don't understand this and think that it's a waste of money or a luxury like we talked about? Well, as someone who generally doesn't really give a crap what people think, I don't know, do you say crap on this? But you just stop caring. I mean, you can explain it like, well, this is this is a decision that we've made so that, you know, she's helping us get good systems in place. She's helping you don't the reality is you don't need to explain yourself to anyone. If you feel like you want to educate people, I have a YouTube video on what does a postpartum doula do? I'd send them there, I guess. But don't feel like you have to explain anything like this is the decision Mm -hmm. you're making based on the information that you have and I've had a lot of people who reach out prior to their baby being born are either having multiples or their good friends had a postpartum doula and that's where they found out about it or they're in a situation where they feel like there's a likelihood that they will experience like a postpartum depression or just an anxiety of some kind after the baby's born. And so people don't need to know what your situation is and why you're making the decisions that you're making. And I think you confidently make them to get, this is the start of your new little family, no matter if it's your first baby or not. And each baby changes your relationship with your partner and do getting yourself set up for success in that new role when you can look at it that way, like, am I not going to do this because my mother-in-law might say something or am I going to do this because it seems like the best thing for my family? It's just kind of weigh it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we all need to routinely put your videos on a loop so that we can just gain the confidence of knowing (laughs) that these are things that we want and need and desire and we don't need to explain it to anybody, but why do we feel that need always to explain or to validate or whatever? It's our life and it's our future and our baby. Well, and you know, like every little thing there can be judgment on. So as soon as you can just continually tell yourself, and this is what you're doing the very best you can right now. And so when I'm talking to someone who is expecting multiples, I will say very likely someone will be crying most of the time. (laughs) And that (laughs) is like something that very often people are like, wait, really? It's like, sorry. Yeah. Um, but you have to be telling yourself like, okay, so let's say they babies just start, you know, waking up, they're rooching around, take them over, you put them on the changing table. By the time you've changed the first baby, you've got to change them both before you can feed them. If you're bottle feeding, you're making those bottles. So there's a little bit, you know, people need to wait around a little bit more. And so someone is screaming and these babies are adorable and they're wailing. And it's like, I'm doing the best I can at this very moment. Like I'm doing Mm -hmm. the best I can. And I'm so sorry. And sometimes, you know, I'll say like to babies, like, I'm so sorry. I'm really doing the best that I can, but you just have to wait a second and I'll be right with you. And 
So yeah. I think that same mentality when you're dealing with like, I don't know, your mother-in-law, the poor mother-in-laws are getting a bad rap on this episode, but I know. they're just our example. Sorry, mother Yes. But whoever it is where it's like, I'm doing the best I can with the information I have. So is it still yeah. worth like, okay, she mentioned this. Like, yeah, okay, I'll certainly look into that. You're not like a know-it-all, but you're like, okay, I'm going to look into that. That's great. Thanks mm-hmm. so much. Even if it's with our partner, you know, we learn about, a postpartum doula here on the podcast and then we want to share it with our partner and maybe our partner has questions and says well isn't your mom going to come help us out isn't that enough or i'm going to be here isn't that enough but then we have that access of that video that explains it from you of what it actually can do and how it can support us and how it can give us that confidence and empowerment and yeah and and not to interrupt you i think that's that i think that's the case with a lot of things leading up to the baby's arrival when you understand how to handle different situations and know what to expect, when you're in that moment, you're making decisions more confidently. It's like things like, Mm -hmm. okay, um, like a perfect example and something I talk about, I have this free workshop where I talk about seven things you learn in the first week. And one of those things is that you're going to have to wake the baby. And this goes against like every, back to the mother-in-law, but everybody's telling Mm -hmm. you like, you never wake a sleeping baby. It's like, when you understand, which we talk about in there, but that the baby lost weight and that's totally normal and how much is normal, we get all into that. The baby lost weight and he needs to gain that weight back by the time he's two weeks old. In order to do that, you he needs to eat every two to three hours. So that's why we're waking the baby. So when you yeah. have any kind of information prior to the baby's arrival, and that's why I feel like education before the baby arrives, not when you're in it and you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm Google searching on little sleep. But when you know ahead of time what to expect, when you're in that situation, so now you're waking the baby and back to the, you know, the mother-in-law is saying like, I, are you, should you really be waking the baby? Like, yes, I'm waking the baby because he has to be back to his birth weight by the time he's two weeks old and he lost six ounces. It just gives you so much more confidence in those situations when you're like, yes, okay. I actually, and instead of like, I don't know, should I not wake the baby? Look how peaceful he looks. Don't you think he'd wake up and tell you if he was hungry? The reality is no, that a newborn will not wake and tell you he's hungry. But now you know that because you got that education before. Right. Absolutely. You mentioned just in passing, like, did, you know, is your mother going to come and help? And I think as we talk about a postpartum doula and should you hire a postpartum doula, one thing to consider is like, well, should I not hire a postpartum doula because my mother offered to come or my mother-in-law? I think a, a conversation that I have with a lot of people is that's great. If you have someone who has offered to support you in that way, and if you have a realistic picture of what that would look like. So you know what support you're looking for and they know what support that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And together you're like, yep, this seems like it's going to work. And if you want that kind of help from that person, because some people are like, well, my mother said she'd come to visit, but I don't know if I want my mother to be like doing this and doing that. When my mother comes, I just want her to be the grandmother. Okay, well then maybe a postpartum doula is is a good idea. You know, it's not just like, well, this person said they'd help me. So I guess I won't do that. You have to be really realistic. Because again, you're trying to set your new family up for the easiest transition possible. And so that's a big piece of that. Yeah. And that's a good point too. In if we decide that yes, we're going to go with this person that offered up their services, have a conversation and like, I'm going to expect that you're going to throw in a 
a load of laundry. You are going to do some food prep. You are going to let me sleep and hold the baby because maybe you're going to have different understandings of what that time might look like. And if someone's coming in and expecting to just be the grandmother and you're not expecting that, right. you know, that could definitely cause some. Yeah. And there. a conversation I have a lot with grandparents to be is like a lot of the ways that you'll help a new family isn't being the person that sits on the couch and holds the baby. It's doing the mm -hmm. other things so that the new family can bond with the baby. So it's, right. there's gonna, the time will come where like mom wants to go to a yoga class or they are gonna have date night and they are gonna be so grateful to you for you just sitting there cuddling this baby. But in the beginning, when you can take things off of their plate that are, are heavy so that they're just bonding with this new baby, that mm -hmm. is so valuable. How do we find a postpartum doula? There's quite a few ways. Asking friends, asking a local, if you have like a mommy Facebook group, that's a great place to start because the experience of others can be really helpful in helping you find someone who's a good match. There is a website called Doula Match. It's like doulamatch.net. That is, you can find a birth and postpartum. You can search there based on like your zip code and it'll come up. And then you just start going in and looking and like, oh, okay, let me look at testimonials. Let me look at her website. Let me, you know, mm -hmm. kind of find out that way. You can also look at different organizations. Like I am um, certified through DONA, which is the doulas of North America. So it's like DONA's website has different doulas on there, but there's a lot of different places that certify and things. But I think as I'm talking about certification, I just want to mention that there is not, it's not like an RN where I had to complete this amount and then take this exam. I did, you know, as a doula, I had this training and then I had to read these books. I had to help this amount of families and write about like, there's certain things that had to be done, but across mm -hmm. the board, in order to call yourself a doula, you don't, I, like you didn't have to go through everything I had to go through for Dona. So I think mm -hmm. as you're looking, it might not matter to you. Like I'm a lactation counselor. You might be like, I don't care if the person's a lactation counselor. I really connected with this person and they right. were certified through someone locally or whatever. I'm insured. You might be like, actually, I, that doesn't matter to me or things like CPR and first aid certified. Like you have to figure out what's important for you. It's not that you know, it matters the same way. It's like, are you vaccinated and boosted and these things, like right. whatever your things that are important for you, find somebody who meets that criteria, but just mm -hmm. know that across the spectrum, like a, across the world here, the word doula doesn't mean that everybody has received the same training. Okay. So we can go to your YouTube channel. We can go to your TikTok channel. Yes. We can go to Instagram and we can learn so much from you. But if we really want to deep dive into what to actually plan and prepare and have this roadmap, as you call it. Can you share with us how we can learn more from you? Maybe whether it's in the bump to baby roadmap or the blueprint that you have. Yes. How can we get more info? My website is a great place to start. I have a large community of families who are preparing to adopt a newborn and then families yeah. who are, um, pregnant, usually with their first baby or their first baby in a while, as we say. Um, so when you get to my website, you'll see you either choose I'm pregnant or I'm adopting and it'll navigate you that way to be able to start with a free workshop or print out my blueprint and then kind of go from there. And I think it's um, just so important to be able to have that education prior to the baby's arrival that once yeah. you kind of get through that workshop and you'll be like, yes, I connect with her. I want her to tell me these things or help me mm -hmm. through this, this time. It can be really valuable.
you just have to show yourself grace. And there's going to be yeah. moments that you wish you handled differently. There's going to be things that if you had it to do over, or you're going to snap at someone when you wish you didn't because you were tired and just showing yourself grace and continuing to tell yourself that you're doing the best job you can right now. It's Absolutely. hard. Parenthood's hard. Parenthood is hard. And as we're preparing for it, we have the opportunity to put certain support systems in place that can make the transition a bit smoother. Hiring someone like a postpartum doula might have seemed like a luxury when you started this episode, right? But I hope now you can see the impact that that kind of support can give us during a major time of transition. I encourage you, consider putting a postpartum doula on your registry so friends and family can donate to it. What a relief it would be to know that even once or twice a week postpartum, you have that little magic angel coming into your home to help you with questions, light meal prep, help you get a good night's sleep, or help set up those systems in your home so it runs more smoothly. Step one, figure out what your budget is and how often you prefer to have a postpartum doula come to support you. Second, decide which qualifications are important to you. CPR certified, lactation consultant, night shifts, etc. Third, jump onto a local Facebook group and put up a post asking for recommendations. And remember, while we're not location-based, you can join us in our Facebook community, Mamas in Training, where you can post up looking for recommendations and we will help you find a postpartum doula. The link is in the show notes. Finally, Check out some websites like dona.org, that's D-O-N-A dot org, or doulamatch.net to find a postpartum doula near you. By the way, doula is spelled D-O-U-L-A. Read those reviews on the website, have a few interviews, and put yourself and support first. Don't forget Valerie's final words. Give yourself grace. This journey is life-changing and a lot is expected of you. We cannot underestimate the level of support that we need. If you know a future or expecting mama who needs support, please share this episode with them. Press the little arrow on this episode and text it to them. You never know how you might impact their postpartum journey and remind them to have grace. We are a community and we're in this together. If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at Mamas in Training Pod. That's M-A-M-A-S in Training P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.